Welcome, Comforted Home listeners. This is the Barking Truth, presented to you by Comfort at Home Pet Services. This podcast will reveal the barking truth about what is actually happening in the pet industry so that you can gain knowledge and education to keep our pets safe, healthy, and well. I will be your host, Jennifer Seibel, Certified Professional Pet Sitter, Dog Bite Prevention Educator, Fear Free Certified, Pet First Aid and CPR Trained, and owner of Comfort at Home Pet Services. I hope you enjoy. Welcome. In this episode, I want to talk about the things that make me barking mad. Things that just drive me crazy as a responsible pet parent as well as a pet care specialist. These are in no certain order. We're just going to jump right into things. Things that make me barking mad as a responsible pet parent. I can't stand when people let their dog's head hang out of the car window. If you think about this, it's such a dangerous thing to allow your dog's head to be out of the car window. If anybody's ever hand-washed their car, you should know. You see nicks and scratches and things all over your car. That stuff's flying right up into your dog. It's flying into their face. It can cause a medical emergency for them. You're driving on a road. Dust is flying up. It's getting into their eyes. It's irritating their eyes. It's making them dirty. Uh, Anything can happen. Things fall off of cars in front of you. What if the car in front of you is, you know, washing their windshield? That windshield washer fluid flies back. It always lands on my windshield, too. That's getting right in your dog's eyes. It's getting in their mouth. That's a toxic chemical. The car in front of you. Maybe they're driving and kick up some rocks. That can hit into your dog's face, cause a scratch, cause something more, you know, serious that they're going to need vet attention and right now and you want to say that it's construction season but we're in Pennsylvania here and all year rounds construction season you don't know what's on the road what could fly up hit your dog people have had rocks be thrown at their cars or come up and it's cracked their windshield what is that doing for your pet yes the pets like and our dogs love to have you know fresh air that's an easier way to do that. Just have the front windows down so they can get a breeze. They want to be able to smell. They can get all the senses that they need. They can smell the world. They're getting a breeze, but not their head hanging out the window. And let me say that your dogs, the next thing is your dogs better not be in the front seat, that you can have your front seat windows down. Think about it. It drives me crazy when I see people that have their dogs in the front seat of their cars. There's airbags. I don't know if everybody knows this or not, but infants are not allowed, children, infant children are not allowed to sit in the front seat. They have to be in the back seat. They have to be, you know, in a, in a carrier, whatnot. They have to be in a child seat, a child safety seat. Those airbags can come out and deploy at any time. If you slam on your brakes, you get in an accident. That airbag and the pressure it comes out on can actually kill your pet if they are in the front seat. And I see people a lot of the times driving around with their dogs, with their dogs on their lap while they're driving. That's a distraction for driving. You can barely get the wheel. What if your dog's sitting on the wheel? And all of this, it's insanity. 
Do not let their heads hang out the window. Do not let them in the front seat. I've seen several times that, you know, a dog can be sitting and looking out and having their head out the window or sitting in the front seat. You stop at a light. You stop at a stop sign. And then all of a sudden, your dog sees something it wants to go after. It sees another dog. It sees a deer. It sees a squirrel. Boom. That dog's out the window. It's happened many times that dogs have gotten lost because people just have their windows down, dogs hanging out of it. It's an unsafe practice. Please stop having your dogs in the front seat. Please stop having your dog's head hang out the window. Next thing is people walking their dog on the wrong side of the street. I learned when I was a child, you bike with traffic, but you walk against traffic. You always walk against traffic just for safety purposes. This tells you that you can actually pay attention and see a car coming at you. What if a person's texting and driving? What if they're drunk? What if they're not paying attention? What if they slide on ice or slide on a you know wet, slippery road? You're going to be able to see them coming towards you and be able to get you and your pet out of the way. But if you're walking on the wrong side of the road, these cars are creeping up behind you, you're going to be hit from behind. I can't stand when I watch people walking their pets on the wrong side of the road. And then let's talk about retractable leashes. You cannot keep your pet safe when it is 10 feet in front of you. You're on one side of the street. Your dog's on the other side of the street. Cars are playing jump rope with your leash. You're trying to reel your dog in like you're on a fishing expedition. Get rid of these retractable leashes. It's, it's a mechanical thing. They can break at any time, and if by chance, because they're a little bulky, you drop one, it's going to retract into your dog. Now you have something chasing after your dog, following your dog. Your dog's running, not knowing what this clanking is behind it, what's chasing it. You're not going to catch your dog again. Get rid of the retractable leashes. I see a lot of people in the pet stores. Oh, my gosh. A lot of people in these pet stores, they have these retractable leashes. They're in aisle one. Their, their pet's over in aisle five. And their dog's like eating snacks and getting stuff off the, off the road or off the aisle, off the floor. And then you wonder why you have a medical emergency with your pet. You weren't watching it. You had it on a retractable leash. It went God knows where. Or it approached somebody that it shouldn't have. And it gets in another fight with another animal or anything like that. Then dogs. Dogs that are off leash. People who, you know, don't have control of their dogs but allow their dogs to be off leash and they think they can call their dog back or their dog comes running for something and they don't even try to call their dog back. They, they don't even try. They're just like, oh, they scream to you. My dog's friendly. It's okay. Let my dog charge at you. No. No. The dog I'm with might not be friendly and your dog's about to get killed. Like, you don't know. Your dog's now running out in the middle of traffic to come and see my dog. He's now ready to fight it because your dog's charging at us. Your dog's running. And you're telling me, you're screaming, instead of calling Fluffy back, oh, it's okay, my dog's friendly. You know nothing about me. You know nothing about my dog that I'm with. I carry um, mace with me, and I carry, you know, a stop at spray. That unfortunately, if your dog's approaching me, and it's coming in any type of way, coming near a dog that I'm with, I've got to spray it. So now you're using the caution that you're praying that I'm not going to mace your dog, where you're going to have to go home, rinse its eyes out, possibly go to a vet appointment, that I'm not going to scare the hell out of your dog 
by spraying something at it. And now it's going to be scared and aggressive towards other dogs on the street because this now happened when it tried to come near a dog. That is not helping with the safety of your pet. Stop with the off-leash, especially when you have no control of your dog. And the first thing out of your mouth is not, Fluffy, come here. It's, don't worry, my dog's friendly. Don't care. Your dog's coming at me. There are laws around here. You have to have control of your animal. And if you don't, anything can happen. I can't stand it when other people approach with their dogs just to say hi. I'll be out having a nice little stroll. I'm listening to music or something. You know, I'm, I'm meditating. I'm just having a nice casual walk with my animals. All of a sudden, somebody wants to come up and bring their dog over to say hi. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something. I'm exercising my dog. It's not playtime. It's not playtime. Me and my dog are exercising. We're walking. I'm trying to get my dogs to go to the bathroom, and you think this is a free-for-all play date. I just want my dog to come up and say hi. Not the time. You did not ask. You're just coming up thinking that your dog and my dog is going to get along. I'm not walking through the mall, walking up and hugging everybody I see when I'm at a grocery store or if I'm at the mall. Why do you expect your dog to get along with everybody out on the street? And why do you want your dog to meet everybody? Just do your business. Let other people do theirs. Do not just start approaching. Oh, my dog's friendly. I want to come over and say hi. No, most likely somebody else is doing something. They're trying to get their dog to go to the bathroom. Leave them alone. I can't stand these electric fences. These electric fences, I'm telling you, it's like it's like dog walker chicken when you're dealing with these electric fences. Everybody thinks they're so great. What I consider them to be is lazy owners. You should be out there no matter what. When your dog is outside, you should be outside with your animal. These electric fences do not really mean anything. They are faulty. The battery can go dead on your dog's collar. They're not paying attention. They can get out. In wintertime, those lines are underground. They freeze easily. So that means your dog's not going to get the shock that you're thinking they should get. And why do you want to shock your dog? Why do you want to cause harm to them? Just because they're seeing something or they see a neighbor dog, they see a kid, they want to go and investigate. They want to check it out. They want to say hi. And all of a sudden, you're, you're, they're getting zapped. But let me tell you, with these electric fences, hey, that dog, if, it, if your dog wants to get out and check something out, it's going to take that zap to go and check it. It sees a deer running. Hey, that's venison for me. That looks like a great meal. They're going to take that quick shock. They're going to run out of that fence. And guess what? They're not coming back. That your house, whatever you do in that house, they are not excited to come back to it, no matter what, because they have to take another shock to come back. They're not going to do it. They're gone. Not getting them back. These electric fences, they also do not keep other things out. So another stray dog can come up and start a fight with your dog. Your dog has no way to protect itself because you have an electric fence. Animals can get into your yard, which means, you know, fleas and ticks from deer. This also means um, feces from different animals. They can have, you know, worms and stuff in it. it. It's still an issue for your pets. Stop with the electric fences. A lot of times when I see dogs, and I see the dumb little, you know, signs in the yards that say, you know, dogs are it's protected by, you know, electric fence. I stand there and I wonder, okay, is this, is this going to be the time now? that this dog's going to come running out at me and the dog that I'm with. 
Is it going to come running out? And I'm playing chicken and just praying. I'm talking to the dog, telling it to stay. I'm trying to be calm. I'm trying to walk my dog. It's dog walker chicken. You don't know if they're going to come out, if their batteries are working, if the fence is working. You never know. Stop with the electric fences. That leads me into doggy doors. Doggy doors, the same thing goes on. Your dog has freedom. Your dog does not need that much freedom that it's going in and out all day long. It does not need to happen. <clears throat> and with the doggy door, there's many, many different issues that can happen. Dogs can seem bright, but sometimes, you know, their excitement takes things over. So it could be a hot day. They're out there sunbathing. They don't realize how hot they're getting. They can not get back in the house because of heat stroke. They can be outside just having a good old time, sunbathing, sniffing the air, enjoying the sun. All of a sudden, their body temp just starts going up. They're suffering from heat stroke. They're wobbly. They can't get back into the house to cool down. Same thing with ice. I mean, on snowy days, they can be out there, get frostbitten. And then their paws and stuff are sore. They can't get back into the house because they're in too much pain. Collapse and they pass out in the yard. It also means that in icy conditions, they can slip on ice. And then because you're not watching, they have a doggy door, they can come and go whenever the heck they want. They could be sitting out there with a broken leg and not be able to get back into the house. Same thing with these doggy doors. There was a news report not too long ago. The doggy doors don't keep other things out. You need to understand this. You need to know this. It does not keep other things out. So in this news report, it's kind of frightening that um, the, these people had a doggy door. Their dogs were able to come and go whenever they, whenever they wanted. Well, the neighbors had, you know, dogs that were constantly, you know, barking at the fence when these dogs were out, this and that. Well, the neighbor's dogs ended up getting loose. Somehow they got loose, ran right into the yard, ran right into the doggy door, ran into the house, and killed, killed the two dogs in the house because they could get through that doggy door. Owner came home to find her dogs mauled in her house and wondering why. Because the neighbor's dogs got out. You had a doggy door. Your house was not secured. Those dogs came in and finally killed your dogs. Anything can get in. That means snakes. That means rats. That means rabbits. That means raccoons. They can all come right into your house and make their nest, have their babies and whatnot. Anything can get in just like your dogs can get out of those doggy doors. People who let their dogs out unattended. I just mentioned, you know, you should not be allowing your pet to get be outside when you're not watching it and it's unattended in any circumstance whatsoever. But what kills me is the people who let their dogs out unattended and put them out on a tether, put them out in their fenced-in yard but aren't watching and then all of a sudden, especially if it's a small dog, it gets carried away by a hawk. Something comes in and, you know, takes it off or your dog chews its collar. It chews the um, tether that it's out on. It's been digging a hole in your backyard and in your fence. And, you know, you're not aware of it because you're not checking your yard and all of this. But what kills me is these people who leave their dogs out unattended, thinking that their dog's secure. And then their dog ends up missing for whatever reason. And then they say the dog's stolen. They're on social media. They're calling the police, everything. My dog was stolen. My dog was stolen. You can't say that. You were not there 
attending to your animal and watching them. A hawk might have taken your dog. That does not mean it was stolen. Yeah, yeah, it was stolen by a hawk. That doesn't mean it was stolen. Your dog could have chewed through and got loose. And all of a sudden, you're saying, my dog got stolen. My dog got stolen. Everybody, take, take, you know, take caution. This dog was stolen. Dog was not stolen. You were not watching it. And then talking about dogs getting loose, people constantly bashing animal control. That's, that's a big thing that just drives me absolutely mad, that we're bashing animal control. And we're getting so upset with animal control. The reality of the situation is animal control, they're doing their job. They're getting paid. They're actually getting paid to keep your pet safe because either an accident happened or something neglectful happened that you weren't paying attention to your dog out in the yard and your dog got loose. But then people want to bash animal control about it. They picked up your dog. Your dog is now in a safe facility. It's got food. It's got shelter. It's got heat. It's got air. It's got water. And then people want to complain, oh, my God, I got to pay for my dog to get out. Um, somebody just literally, they're boarding your animal. That's a business. It's a business. They boarded your animal. They kept your animal safe from getting hit by a car, eaten by wildlife, um, anything like that. Picked up by the wrong people who might abuse your, your animal, kill it. But then we're going to bash animal control. But then people get upset because animal control can be overrun. And because fireworks, anything like that, scaring the animals, all these animals are getting loose. Then animal control is filled up. And then we're going to bash them and say, why can't you take in another dog? Why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? Why can't I get my dog back free of charge, even though you've sat here and cared for my animal? And the whole purpose of everything is when they're booked, when animal control is overrun by animals, they can't help other ones. So God forbid if one of, if something happened with my dogs that, you know, I'm ultimately, you know, hawk on them, I'm eyes on them, I'm, you know, helicopter mom on them, but if God forbid something happens, that they get loose and they get picked up by animal control, I'm thanking them, but it's a shame when animal control might be full and they can't come and grab my dog, and they've gotten reports about it, anything like this, my dog's going to be out there suffering, can get harmed, can get hurt, I appreciate animal control. If anybody who doesn't know this, animal control, they, they do not get government funding. They're paying for this. So those fees, it is by law that you have to have a rabies and a license on your animal. That is by law. They are allowed to fine you for that. That is the law. The law. And if they're going to charge you for giving your dog food, keeping your dog safe, thank them. Thank them and pay the bill. Why are we going to sit here and argue when they kept your animal safe? And they're out 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They're getting emergency calls all over the place from ambulances, from um, police, from, you know, Joe Schmo down the street that saw a dog, somebody else. They're getting calls all day long, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They got to jump out of bed. They got to go and they're caring for your animal. So when we're sitting here bashing animal control, they're doing their job. They're doing what they're getting paid to do by the township, 
which honestly is not enough for what all they do. They're also putting themselves in danger of getting bit by your dog, um, getting harmed, chasing your dog in traffic, trying to catch them anything like that, and we're going to sit here and bash them because we don't want to pay fees, or this has happened, that's happened. I can't stand breed discrimination. All the time, I mean, it's all the time that somebody wants to have an, an argument or a problem with a certain breed. Oh my God, that's a Rottweiler. They're vicious. That's a pit bull. They're not good dogs. Oh my God, that's a German Shepherd. They're trained to kill. Breed discrimination is nothing but a joke. These dogs are, they all they want to do is please their people and care for people. There should not be any breed discrimination. We have, you know, all these protests and things going on in the world. And we're, you know, trying to make awareness for what black lives matter, police lives matter. Everybody's life matters. And that goes with the dogs, too that they're discriminated against. Cats. Cats are discriminated against, especially black cats. Oh, it's a black cat. I, I have superstitions about them, blah, blah, blah. Breed discrimination is just unacceptable now in these days. You never, never know what you can get out of a certain breed unless you try them and you see and you understand what they're background is and you go through canine body language, work with the behavioralist to understand what your pet's needs are and how to communicate with them properly. Choke chains and prongs. This is a big one for me. I cannot stand. There is absolutely no reason anywhere in the world that you should have to use a choke chain or a prong or an electric collar on your animal because you refuse to try to learn how to speak properly and communicate properly with your pet. It's abuse. So all of a sudden, we want to choke our dogs. We're going to put prongs into their necks. We're going to electrocute them because they're not doing what we told them to do. They, they communicate differently with us. They don't know what the heck you want them to do, and you're going to cause them pain. That's putting fear into them. It's abusive to them. Are you going to take a child who might have a disability and all of a sudden because, you know, the, the child might have a disability where they're having problems communicating and because you're getting frustrated, it's okay to just hang a child with a choke chain? It's okay to pull them off of all four feet or, or off of their front two feet and choke them? And, and you think they're learning a lesson from that? They're not. They're not learning a lesson from that. They're learning to be scared of you. They're learning to fear everything about you. And guess what? One of these days, that fear is going to overcome them, and they're going to say, you know what? Before this person does this to me again and causes me harm, I'm going to get them first. I'm going to get them first. Now you have an aggressive dog who wants to come after you. So that leads me on to when you want to rehome your pet due to aggression caused by equipment like this, which is caused by yourself or an uneducated trainer who is telling you that there's a quick, easy fix. There's no quick, easy fixes. There's no quick, easy fixes with children. There's no quick, easy fixes with dogs. It's about learning their communication. You decide to be abusive with your pet or you have a trainer coming in telling you to do this abusive things with your pet and then your pet becomes aggressive over it, 
Now you want to get rid of it for something that you did, you caused, or a trainer came in and caused for you? That's not fair to that animal. That is not fair to that dog. That is not fair to them for something you did and you caused. Now, all of a sudden, Fluffy, who used to be so great, is now acting aggressive, and we got to get rid of him. You caused it. You caused it. Now it's your time to fix it instead of getting rid of them. They did nothing wrong. You did. Your trainer did. Rehoming pets due to having children or that you're moving. This happens all the time. It's so upsetting and it's so frustrating that people, you know, make life changes and then they don't take into consideration about their pet. Your pet should be part of your family. They were here First off, before you moved, before you decide to move, they were here before you had children. Why are they not considered part of the family? Why aren't you reaching out to somebody to say, hey, how can I do this to make this less stressful on my pet? How can I make this work? Because your pet didn't ask for any of this. I'm sure when you're deciding to have a kid and you get pregnant, you're not asking the dog saying, hey, are you okay with this? (laughs) They're not getting the decision in this, but they're but you're making a decision on their part to say, hey, we no longer want you. We're getting rid of you. Same thing with moving. I'm sure you're not checking with your pet. Hey, we're moving to another state. We're moving into another house. Are you okay with this? Work with somebody. They should be a priority for you just as anything else would in your circumstances for moving. People will say like, oh, I'm moving into a new place that doesn't allow pets. Why are you moving into a place that doesn't allow pets? That should have been the first thing you were searching for is a place that allows pets, especially if you have one. People who are not wanting to spay and neuter their pets drives me crazy because this is why a lot of pets end up running off. They run off because they're still intact. So they're smelling a female. Your unneutered dog is smelling a female. He's going and he's wanting to, you know, use his different head and take care of that female. That's why he ran out in the street and got hit by a car. That's why he ended up running off. Same with the females. They're in heat. They're getting chased. They're not feeling good. Get your pets spayed and neutered. So many times people will say to me and they're like, oh, but my dog is so great. They're so fantastic. It's the best dog in the world. I think I'm not going to get them spayed or neutered because I want to breed them. There are plenty of dogs out there. Plenty of dogs, plenty of responsible breeders, plenty of rescues. Don't don't put this on yourself. Yeah, we all want duplicates of our animals, but that's not what you're going to get. You're going to get a semi-version of your pet. That doesn't mean you're repeating your pet. You're not getting the same animal that you already have. Get them spayed and neutered. It causes, if they're not spayed and neutered, it can cause mammography. Mammary cancer with females can cause testicular cancer with males. They can end up becoming, you know, cancer prone. They can end up having more medical problems because you're not getting this handled and taken care of. So for your own selfish reasons of why you want to breed your dog or your cat or whatever could cause them their life. I also can't stand it when vets start running tests that aren't needed. I mean, a lot of you know I've talked about Jasmine a few times and things like that. And when we've had emergency situations with her where she's become anemic, you know, I just need a PCV, a packed cell value run on her, just to see where her red count cells were. 
there's been a couple of times that I wasn't, you know, it was on a weekend or something and I would, you know, contact another vet or I'd contact the emergency vet and this is the test I need. Oh, we can't do that. We need to know her history. We have to run this, 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 this. Oh my gosh, no. I know what's going on. I can give you the records of my animal. I need one specific test and you're going to do all kinds of unnecessary tests. A friend of mine and a colleague of mine just had a an emergency with a pet they were uh, dealing with, and um, the dog was profusely bleeding out of the rectum. Ran it up to you know emergency vet to talk to them and see what's going on. Oh my God! This vet ran every possible test. They ran tests for the heart. They did blood work. They did you know X-rays. Some of these are, are necessary. I, I agree with the x-ray. I semi-agree with the ultrasound. Then they repeated the ultrasound, charged it twice for the ultrasound. They did this, this. They found 20 other problems wrong with the dog, but nothing. Nothing for what the original problem was. Still don't know why the dog was bleeding. Still have no idea where this blood was coming from. But they, they ran a thousand other tests for things that aren't even, you know, really necessary and things that we already knew was wrong with the dog from their original vet. So, just a waste of money. It's a waste of time. It's stressing out your animal. Please be a voice for your animal and, and let people know. Let, let the vets know that, hey, you know, I'm willing to go further with testing, but can we, can we try a different alternative first? Can we try this test? Can we try a PCV test? To make sure my dog's not anemic before we go ahead and run a full blood panel, which is going to cost me three times as much. So it's just things to think about. I can't stand when a lot of these vets just want to, let's just do a whole complete workup. Oh my gosh. Like sometimes it is just unnecessary. Unnecessary. And you're putting the animal through so much more that really is not needed. So those are just some of the things as a responsible pet parent that kind of just make me barking mad. So now, things that make me barking mad as a pet care specialist. Doing pet sitting and dog walking. Again, no particular order, just want to throw them out there. I cannot stand, and it drives me absolutely crazy, when people want to lump everybody into a pet sitter. Everybody's a pet sitter. I'll get phone calls from people who'll say, oh my gosh, my pet sitter canceled on me at the last minute. Oh my gosh, well that doesn't sound like a responsible professional pet sitter. Who was it? Oh, it's my sister. Oh my gosh, people look. Look, your mom, your dad, your sister, your cousin, the kid down the street, the bag boy at the grocery store, your hairstylist, they are not a pet sitter. Stop lumping them all in as a pet sitter. They are not a pet sitter. They are somebody you know who is doing a favor for you. If they were a real professional, they would be trained in this. They would have insurance. They would have to pay taxes. They'd be insured. What I do and what we do as professionals, this is our livelihood. This puts food on our table. We pay taxes. We pay taxes into the state, the community, and we have to pay taxes on this. We end up getting bruises. We get scratched. We sacrifice our own time with our family, our own time with our friends, our own personal life. We have earned the title 
of being a pet sitter. And we've gone above and beyond to make sure that we're responsible enough to take care of your pets by being insured, by being bonded, by having education, by having first aid and pet CPR, by knowing the different vets. We've earned that title. Stop using it for everybody. Not everybody is a pet sitter. And it drives me nuts when I see, oh, I'm a pet sitter. I can do this. I've taken care of pets in the past. You are. Oh, I love pets. That's my favorite. Oh, I love pets. You know, I, I'd be so good. I can take care of your pet. If you love the animals, you would get the proper insurance. You would know what you're doing. And this wouldn't be just fun and games for you. You would actually be paying the taxes. You'd be putting your money where your mouth is to help these pets and actually do something that's going to keep them safe. You don't love pets if you're not going to go above and beyond to deal with them. We've earned that title as a pet sitter. Stop using it for everybody. Please stop using it for everybody. It gives us professionals a bad name. It gives us a bad reputation. It's unnecessary. That's your friend. They took care of your pet or they were going to. They also do not have, when you're getting other people, they do not have the priority to take care of your pet as a professional does. Little Timmy down the street, he says he was going to do it. But guess what? He got invited to a birthday party. He got invited to Kennywood. He got invited to Idlewild. Not, your pet's not a priority for him. He, he's going to cancel on you. He's going to do this. And it's frustrating because then we get the phone calls and hearing that somebody, you know, left you hanging and left that pet hanging. And then to find out that you decided to try to go, you know, an easy route or a cheap route instead of going with somebody who was actually going to be a professional and do the proper job for you and your pet. A lot of people try to go on these apps. These apps. I, I, I almost can't even talk about these apps. It is a website, people. People, it is a website. It was an, it's an application. Anybody can go and say, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be a pet sitter. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to be a dog walker. They, it, it's just a place. It's like Facebook. It's like, you know, LinkedIn. It's like um, Nextdoor. It is just a place where anybody can go and say that they can do whatever they want, and they know how to do this, and you're hiring them they'll sit there and tell you, oh, we're insured through the company. A website is not insuring you. A website is not checking you to make sure you're qualified to do the job. Even in when you sign up for any of these apps, if you sign up as a pet sitter, it is in their terms and conditions. You have to. You have to have your own insurance to be able to be on their website, but they don't check it. They don't check it. They put in their contract for the users, you, who's hiring a pet sitter or a dog walker, they put in there, we don't check this. You're liable for anything this person does. You're hiring this person at your own risk. And half of the time when something bad happens, a website's not going not gonna to help you. They're not going to pay your vet bills. They're not going to pay for neglect because they told you in the terms and conditions, which nobody reads, they said in there, we're not responsible for this. We told these people to get insurance and they didn't do it. That's on you. You hired them. You didn't check this stuff. It is a website. It is a platform. It is a bunch of people putting their name into a hat, and you're picking one out and just praying for the best. Last-minute appointments. Last-minute appointments just kill us sometimes. They, they just drive me absolutely nuts. I, I can't stand sometimes when I get these phone calls 
that, hey, can you come and take care of, you know, it's a Wednesday, they're calling me and saying, hey, I need you to come take care of, you know, Fluffy on Saturday, I have a wedding to go to. Oh my gosh, you knew about this wedding for probably a good year. You've known about this wedding, and now you're calling me to come and take care of your pet. Why wasn't your pet a priority a year ago when you found out about this wedding and made sure you had care for your pets at that time? We're busy. As pet professionals, we're busy. We're making our own plans in between, you know, clients when we might have a slow day. We have our own personal plans. We're finding time to spend with our families and get reacquainted with them. Um, we might have emergencies that pop up. We have a ton of clients. We could be booked. And all of a sudden, you're calling with a last-minute appointment like it's nothing, like we're just sitting around with our thumbs up our butts waiting for you to call. You're not the only person we deal with. Be respectful. It is so, I find it so completely disrespectful when people ask me for last-minute appointments. Now, it's a total different situation if an emergency happens and somebody's rushed to the hospital. They need me ASAP. I try to be there for them as long as my time allows it, and I do everything I can to make sure I'm there. But when it's something that you've known about or that you know is coming up and you're just calling like last minute, right now my phone's been going crazy because now all of a sudden, you know, COVID's letting up, people are allowed to travel, everybody, everybody, hey, I need 4th of July. Oh, okay, 4th of July is like in two weeks. <laughs> I've been booked for that for over a year. So even when you're doing close to the holidays, appointment requests and last-minute requests close to the holidays, good luck. Good luck because those holidays book up quick because a lot of times, a lot of us do have responsible, responsible and caring pet owners who make sure their pets are taken care of. They book us well enough in advance when they know they're doing something for the holiday. They don't wait until the last minute because they want to make sure if they love our service, they want to make sure they get in with us. And then it's not fair for the clients who have booked us a year in advance or booked us several months in advance for us to move them around or change that because somebody's calling us last minute. Poor planning on your part does not mean an emergency on ours. Sorry to say it, but these this last minute appointments, it, it really hurts a lot of us. And it we feel bad when we can't help. We try to help, but sometimes we just can't. And we feel bad about it, but we have our own plans. We we have things that we're doing. We might be booked. There might be other things going on. It's not fair to our other clients. It's not fair to us to keep sacrificing ourselves for somebody who who does not seem to appreciate us by pulling last-minute appointments or asking for them or requesting them, especially when it happens on a constant basis. On that same note, when people forget to cancel, Oh my gosh, being a pet sitter. I mean, sometimes I don't even know what day of the week it is. We're so busy. And especially, you know, during certain times, certain seasons, you know, around holidays, we're busy as can be. And I'm going to be honest, a lot of the times I don't even know when a holiday is. I know that, you know, a Christmas is coming up. I know Fourth of July is coming up and I, I'm aware of it. But sometimes it's not my first thinking to say, Oh my gosh, it's a holiday. Do I need to make sure I'm, I've checked with my clients to see if they have to cancel? You guys need to take responsibility for yourselves and be canceling stuff that you don't need. Just because you, 
you have off on a holiday does not mean we do. It's just another day for us. So a lot of the times, I mean, I'm having to reach out to my clients a lot to say, hey, do you need us on this holiday? I still have you on the books. Or if you cancel a trip, I've had people who have had flight issues, things like that, and uh, they go ahead and rearrange stuff but forget to tell us. Then we show up at the house. I'm almost macing my clients because I'm not expecting them to be there. And it's, oh, I forgot to cancel you. Or they come home early and don't let me know. And then I'm almost macing them then because I'm not expecting it. Or, you know, they're, they're sick, they're home, and, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to cancel. <sighs> Please. Pay attention. Be a little proactive. Give us the time. Don't make us track you down to see what we're doing on a specific day. And half the time, we don't even know what those days are. Be proactive and cancel if you're going to cancel, especially if it's like around holidays or if it's, you know, change of plans, you changed your vacation, your flights changed, anything like that. It just kills us when we show up to find that we were not needed and instead we could have taken on another client who needed us because you forgot to cancel. We're now out the money, we're out the job, and we could have helped somebody else. When people start texting about appointments or confirming appointments, instead of using the app or the website, this is mainly for companies like similar to mine that might use, you know, an app or a website to, you know, track their scheduling, track their billing, things like that. It drives us crazy when you're texting me, texting me, you know, or calling me in the middle of the night to, hey, do you have availability three months from now? Okay, it's two o'clock in the morning. Uh, you can easily go onto the app or the website to see if it looks like I have availability. Hey, I'm just confirming that we're on for, you know, three days from now. You can check into the system. Check that. Because now you're taking time away from what I might have to return, you know, phone calls, spend time with my family, spend time, you know, with my own dogs, deal with clients that I'm already dealing with their pets or emergencies that I might have come up when it's an easy thing to just log into the app, log into the website, check your schedule. Why I have to sometimes get texts, and when people over, overwhelm me with texts, I get thousands of texts a day. I'm checking in with my owners. I'm checking in with my pet sitters. I get a million different texts a day. When you're texting me, and sometimes when you're calling me, that stuff's getting lost. It is getting lost. In my text messages, sometimes it's getting lost in my voicemail because I listened to it. I got busy. I have to check back. So much easier if you just email me, check the system. Because then I'm going to forget something and then you're going to be upset with me. So be courteous. Be courteous at, like late at night that I'm probably sleeping so that I can be the best I can be for your pet and for the pets I have to take care of the next day. Calling me or texting me in the middle of the night for something that you can check on your own free of charge anytime you want and you're disturbing me. It, it, it just kind of is just barking madness. When I get phone calls for people who say they want me to stay hours at their house or all day with their pet, let's be honest, people. Yes, we have pets that deal with, you know, separation anxiety. Yes, we're coming out of COVID. We've been home all day. Our pets are used to us being home all day. You do not. You do not. And your pet definitely does not need somebody at their, at your house 
for several hours at a time or all day long. Your pet probably does not need it, unless it's a severe medical condition. But your pet probably does not need it. I have people that call me and say, oh my gosh, I'm leaving for three hours. I hate leaving my pet alone. Can you sit here for three hours? I mean, if you want to pay me for it, but you're going to pay a lot, I can't take on other clients that might need me. And let me explain something to you. If I'm doing my job as a professional pet sitter, your dog's tired out. Your dog's tired out does not, I'm sitting there just literally staring at your dog while your dog's sleeping. That's what I'm doing. Your pet does not need me there that whole time. A lot of people don't realize this and know this. Dogs sleep. Cats sleep. They sleep more than half of the day. That's what they do. They, animals have a shorter lifespan than what we have. So they get as much rest as possible. They can sleep up to 18 to 20 hours per day. They do not need me sitting there staring at them, watching them sleep, irritating them, anything like that, while they're just trying to rest because they're growing, they're getting older, things like that. I do not need to sit there for several hours. It's craziness. I can't stand sometimes when, and it drives me crazy, when in our contract and stuff, it says, you know, let us know when you get home as a pet sitter. Let us know you got home. I can't stand when owners do not let us know that they got home from a trip or a vacation. I don't know what happened to you. I don't know if your plane crashed. I'm not checking your flights. Um, I'm busy. Um, I don't know if you got in a car wreck on the way home. I know nothing. What I do know is that I am legally responsible for your pet until you arrive home. I need to know that you are home safe to finish taking care of your pet and that I'm now off the clock. I'm no longer responsible for your home. I'm no longer responsible for your pet. Let us know that you people got home. I mean, there's been plenty of times that I'm, I'm sitting up late at night. Somebody had a late, fl late flight coming home. I'm waiting up. I'm waiting to see. Is that text coming through? Did they get in an accident? If I'm not hearing from them, I know I got to get up early in the morning, get to that house, whatnot. There's been times that I, I'm texting, I'm texting, you know, the significant other. I've almost had to call emergency contacts. Have you heard from them? Are they home? Am I still on the clock? Do I need to have some respect for us people? Let us know, hey, we're home, we're safe. Because we not only care about your pets, we do care about you. We want to know that you're not laying on the side of the road. We want to know that you are home safe and that you are there for your pets again. That's what we want to know. So give us that peace of mind that we're not up all night worrying about where you're at just because, oh, my phone battery died or you have some type of excuse. Let us know. Um, other people stopping into the house. This is a big liability for a lot of us. Um, as being a professional, we, we carry insurance. We deal with a lot of the liability and we're taking care of your pets in your home. A lot of times people will be like, oh, well, you know, the neighbor down the street, they're going to stop into the house and they're going to see my pet. They don't need to. You hired me to do that. You hired me to do that. Joe Schmo down the street does not need to come up and say hi to Fluffy. Does not need to happen. And it becomes a liability issue because what if all of a sudden they come into the house and you've known them forever. They've been your neighbor. They've been, you know, living there. They break something expensive in your house. Of course, they're going to blame us. They're going to blame the pet sitter. And then our insurance has to deal with that when it was nothing that happened on our time. Plus, a lack of communication. I've had people who stop into the house and say, oh, my gosh, why well, I fed the dog. Oh, 
Well, I was watching the feedings. Uh, the dog also or the cat needed medication at the same time. Now they're not going to eat their dinner, and it, it causes a problem. You don't know what that pet has gotten into when you're not getting the communication from somebody else, and what could be causing Fluffy's upset stomach. Why is Fluffy acting weird? Did they eat something, swallow something? Other people do not need to be in the house when you have hired a professional to be there. You don't need to have your family coming over. You don't need to have people just stopping by to come and say hi. Leave it to a professional to deal with it. You've hired us. Let us do it. Not everybody in the neighborhood needs to be coming in like it's a petting zoo at your house and coming through. So when these other people sometimes stop into the house, you don't know if they're actually securing the house, what they're doing with your pet, anything like that. We also need to be aware of when you're having, like, you know, work done. I mean, let's just say, for instance, you know, lawn people. You had the lawn people come over. Please let us know what day they're coming to cut the grass. I mean, because what we have to do as being professionals, we need to check the gates. We need to check the yards. We need to make sure that they're not coming back in. They didn't leave a gate open, so your pet's going to get out. Anything like that. Let us, for crying out loud, please let us know. When you have somebody stopping at the house to pick up something real quick, they're not going to mess with the pet, but they're stopping by to get something, or you have a cleaning person. A lot of times people don't let me know that all of a sudden on Tuesdays, the cleaning person's going to be there. I walk in, I'm la-di-da, I'm, you know, singing to myself, I'm singing to the animal. All of a sudden, a cleaning person pops their head out. Uh, they're going to get maced. I'm not aware they're going to be there. I don't know what's going on. It's a liability issue. They're scaring the crap out of me. This is why I have to have my hair dyed. Because I just don't know who's going to be jumping out of corners. Somebody's going to give me a heart attack one of these days, and everybody's going to wonder why. Because you didn't communicate and let me know somebody's going to be in the house. Talking about house cleaners, please, if you're going to have them, you know, stop by and do something when you're out of town, please ask them, please, please, please ask them not touch the pet stuff. We get in a routine as being, you know, professionals. We have, you know, certain spoons for the, you know, dog food, things like that. We have certain things that we sit out that's easy for us to access so that we can make our visit most productive for us so that we can spend more time with your pets when cleaning people come in and they're moving my stuff around I, I I'm not making a mess in your house I'm not a tornado I'm not coming in and like rearranging everything but I have my little station set up tell your cleaning people stop touching my stop touching the pet stuff I, I mean all of a sudden leashes are moved the cat bowls are moved the dog dishes moved here and this is done and they put this away and now I got to find this and I, I got to know where the heck everything is. So stop, stop letting the people just come in and mess with everything. And I've actually told people I've, I've done pet sitting when, you know, I've had people who've had, you know, medical problems or just gotten out of the hospital in their home and they just can't care for their pets. So I'm there and I have my little station set up and they tell me the cleaning person's coming in. I tell them and I tell the cleaning people when I see them, please don't touch any of this stuff. Please leave this all here. Because a lot of times, some clients will leave stuff on the counter for us. Extremely helpful at times that you, that as a, pets, as a you know, pet parent, you leave what you think we'll need on a counter or something for us. Cleaning person can come in, move the stuff, then we don't know where it is. Because guess what? You decided to try to make things easy for us. And we might have just forgot to ask, like, where is it normally kept? 
Where is it normally kept? As a professional, we do want to know. We, we appreciate you leaving the stuff out. But if there's an emergency that you're having to run to the hospital and we have to run and take care of your pets, I don't want to be calling you when you're talking to the doctors or you're dealing with something serious. Hey, where do you keep the dog food? Normally it's on the counter, but you left this morning and you put it away and it wasn't left out for me. Or you have the cleaning people putting the stuff away and then we don't know where it's at. Let us know where it's normally kept. It's great that you leave the stuff on the counter, but show us where it normally is, please. People like to leave notes or instructions at the house instead of updating the system. Again, this goes back to people who, uh, companies like mine who have, you know, online systems. You leave notes and stuff at the house. It's appreciated, but update the system. It's easier for us to, you know, get into the system and know what we're doing. We can track it from, you know, visit to visit, from whenever times you're needing us. We have the updated information. When you just leave us a note, that's now more time of mine that I got to sit here, update the system, put this stuff in so that I know for next time what changes have been made. Or you have somebody in the house and, of course, they've moved the notes. And when they move the notes, then I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing update the systems please update the system stop leaving the notes at the house if you feel comfortable leaving a manual at the house that's great but just keep in mind it takes us a lot of time to read through that to see is anything changed has it not and then that's taking away time from your pet and you're paying us to be there to take care of your pet when people don't leave the leashes or harnesses or tags out for us I get it. Sometimes, you know, you're you're crazy, you're busy, you took, you know, Fluffy out for a, a walk this morning or you drove them to the park because you wanted to meet a friend and have some coffee at the, you know, dog park or whatever and all of a sudden you left the leash and collar in the car. Or you took their tags off because they got a bath and I can't find their collar, I can't find their leash. I can't. So now I'm spending all this time looking around because it's nowhere where it's supposed to be. And I'm looking around and I'm just wasting more time instead of spending it with your pet. So try to make sure that, I mean, if you're taking your pet in the car sometimes, I mean, have an extra leash in your car. Keep an extra one at the house. Keep an extra harness in your car. Keep one at the house. I mean, have duplicates of some of this stuff just in case you kind of forget something. Sometimes it drives us nuts um, when you don't have enough food or litter when you know you're going to be out of town. So you know you have this vacation, you've had this vacation set for, you know, several months, you hired your pet sitter, but then here it's time for you to leave and you notice that, guess what, we forgot to make sure the pets were really taken care of and made sure we had enough food, litter, for them. So now we're expecting the pet sitter to run out and pick up the food and make sure that we have time to pick up the food, pick up, you know, litter, things like that, because you just didn't have time before your vacation. Please make sure you have enough stuff for the animals. We understand that things can go on that we might have to run to the store or something, but when it's automatically expected of us, it, it kind of gets a little bothersome. When you don't let us know that your pet passed away, this is very hard for us as you know professionals. We care about your pets just as much as you do. They become part of our lives. They become part of our family. We love your pets. We love your animals. It hurts us when we're not even considered to let us know that your pet has passed away. We want our time to grieve. 
we want our time to grieve. We want our time to know what's going on and for us to be able to accept it. It sucks when we have to walk into the house and then we're, we're looking for Fluffy and Fluffy passed away. And now we're thinking, okay, I was here to take care of, you know, three dogs. There's only two. I can't find one. We go into panic. We're looking for the other dog, but you didn't communicate that with us. You did not let us know your pet passed away. And then we get into our routines that this is what we do with each pet. We do this. We go and find this one here. We do this here, do that there. So when there's one missing, it's an adjustment for us. And it's still a grieving process for us to know that we're in your environment. We're in your house. And now something has changed for us. Let us know. Let us know. Just be courteous and let us know if a pet has passed away and they're not going to be there. Same thing goes with new pets. A lot of people end up getting a new pet and all of a sudden they, you know, contact me and say, hey, you know, we want you to come and take care of our, our pet. Okay, I got it in. I put you in the schedule. All of a sudden I show up, there's a new animal. There's an iguana. There's fish now. There's, you know, a new dog. There's a new cat. I have no instructions. I do not know this animal. It's a liability for me to not be introduced, not know what the heck's going on and what I'm supposed to do with that animal. And you just surprise me for it. Surprise. Here's something else. Let us know when you get a new animal. Have us come back out. Check things out. Give us some information on this. Quit having it be a surprise for us. Next thing is allowing free feedings. Allowing free feedings. It's something that just... I just feel it's unnecessary. The problem with free feedings are, and I, I talk to a lot of my clients, I try to get them off of the free feedings. They just feel like, you know, sparky, fluffy, wants to just eat all day. They want to eat all day. They're, they'll nibble a little bit here. They'll nibble a little bit here. The problem with that is I'm never going to know how much they actually eat in a day. They can end up becoming obese from having free feedings. I'm not going to know if they've actually eaten all their food or are not eating at all and becoming ill. Maybe, you know, Fluffy eats, you know, a, a full cup in the morning. If I notice that I'm given that full cup and they don't eat the whole thing, it could be something medically wrong. There could be something going on with that animal. I need to watch it. I need to make sure I know what's going on. With these free feedings, I, I sometimes, you know, as pet sitters, we look at the bowl. Okay, I need to add a little bit more. But we don't know the amount. We don't know who's eating it. If you have multiple pets and you just have this free feeding, the, the animals can fight over it. You don't know who's eating what, how much each of them is eating. It does not help us in case your pet is having a medical emergency. Stop with the free feeding. It helps so much when you have, you know, structure. Your pet wants structure. They want structure. It's going to help you know when something is wrong with your animal. It is just a safer thing. It is just a safer thing. People who allow their pets to go on pee pads. Yeah, it can be helpful, but again, this is just a lazy, lazy way of being. To allow your pets to just go on a pee pad. They don't understand that they're supposed to be going outside. And then you kind of hate it when they're going inside. And half of the time they're missing the pad, which is causing a little bit more mess for your pet sitter to clean up, for you to clean up. Your house smells like pee. Now they feel that they can go anywhere in the house. And they don't understand that that's just their particular spot they're supposed to go. You're lucky if they do go over to that spot. Let them outside. They need fresh air. Let them outside to go to the bathroom. Why are you ruining your house? Just trying to be a little lazy with things. Get your dog out. Hire a pet sitter. These pee pads, they can end up getting torn up. 
animals kick, you know, to bury their scent a little bit. Those pee pads are crumbled up. Now they're peeing on the floor. It's soaking into your wood. Your house smells funny because it smells like pee. It smells like poop. It's, it's insanity. Stop with the pee pads. Stop with the pee pads. Unless it's a very elderly animal who just really can't go out, stop with the pee pads. Not cleaning the litter box before you leave or cleaning the poop from your backyard before you leave out of town. Not cleaning the litter box. When you know you're going out of town and you're going away for a while and you just decide not to clean the litter box or scoop your yard. I mean, just because the pet sitter's coming in, I mean, your pets want a safe and clean place to be able to go to the bathroom. There's been times I've walked into, you know, houses where people are going to be gone for a while and I get on to check the litter box and like I, I have to empty the whole thing. I'm scrubbing litter boxes now and I need to have a clean litter box just to check to make sure there's no medical conditions going on with your pets. And then your pets are now going outside of the box. They're going in the house. They're going on the floor because they don't have a clean litter box. Just scoop the litter box, especially before you're leaving, because then when I have to take extra time to clean this and scoop this and refill in all of this, it's now, again, taking time away from your pet. And then when you're not cleaning up poop from your yard, people, it's just gross. It's so gross. Your pets are trampling in it. Then they're bringing it into your home. I might accidentally step in it and be bringing it into your home. Your pet's jumping on me. Now I'm walking around with, you know, poop on me all day. It's a hazard. And then if I'm stepping in it or I'm getting it on me, I'm not taking diseases to other clients. I'm, I'm taking it, you know, away from your yard. The poop out there gets rained on. It becomes mushy. Then it goes into the soil. Then it falls out into the street and it goes down the sewer. It goes into our water lines. I mean, it's just gross. It's, it's disgusting. Just please clean up after your pets so I'm not walking through a bomb field. Your pet's not stepping in their own feces, bringing it into the house, causing worms with other animals, anything like that. Just clean up your yards a little bit. Clean up the litter boxes, especially when you know it's going to take your pets that are extra time that's going to be taken away from your pet. When owners don't tell us about different tips or tricks that their dogs are used to, um, this sometimes happens a lot, that... Um, a colleague of mine, uh, she was actually taking care of two dogs. They're kenneled when nobody's there. And the trick is to let the female out first and the male goes following right after. Well, the owners, you know, didn't mention that. She was letting the male out first. He got excited. He would jump on her, scratch her, all until, until the female got let out. Then he runs right outside. You can't get him outside without the female going first. So it causes injuries. It causes problems for us. Let us know those little tips and tricks. We sometimes have our own little tips and tricks. I mean, sometimes I have, you know, owners that are telling me that they can't get their pet to eat. And I have my little tips. I have my tricks. And I can get the pet to eat. And when they come home, I explain to them what I did and what worked for me. And sometimes things will work for owners and not for us. And sometimes we have things that work for us and possibly not for the owners. But, you know, let us know these little, you know, tips and tricks. Let us know if your pet is a resource guarder or, you know, if they resource guard bones or anything around the house. I have a wonderful client who um, her dog does guard bones. She makes sure that those bones are put up anytime we're there so I don't accidentally walk past one and I'm going to get attacked or get hurt. Um, just let us know these certain things. 
and I know with this, you know, when, you know, your pets are dealing with, you know, issues or if, if they've become aggressive over something or have bitten somebody or anything like that, I have a feeling a lot of pet owners don't want to tell, you know, the boarding kennel and they don't want to tell the pet sitters because you're afraid that, you know, we're not going to deal with your pet. We're not going to take your pet on. That's absolutely incorrect. Um, in most cases, unless your dog is extremely aggressive and we can't get in the house, we can't get near the pet, we just need to know what the circumstances were. You know, it, it's it's your pet's, you know, livelihood and it's it's them that can end up suffering. If we don't know that your pets, you know, could get in a fight or actually bite us because of a bone laying out or they get aggressive over treats and we don't know that there's been fights in the past or they've bitten somebody, then we can't take the necessary precautions and... That means that there's a bite incident on their record, they're being quarantined, and Pennsylvania has a three-strike rule. Three bites, that's considered a dangerous dog. It can end up being put down, and it's going to cost your pet its life just because you didn't communicate that with us, and another incident happened. Let us know what the circumstances are. Just because your dog might have got a little excited and nipped or bit doesn't mean that we're not going to you know, take on your animal, and if it's something that we can help prevent from us getting harmed or anything like that, I mean, please let us know. I had a client who was a potential client, and uh, we were out there. We did the meet and greet. We were pretty much done with everything, and uh, they were getting ready to give us a tour. And uh, they said the dogs do great. Sometimes the cats annoy the dogs, and they might grumble a little bit, but never a problem, never a problem. They eat right next to each other. They're, they have no problems. What they forgot to tell us was that they do have treat issues. So when we got up, just because we were moving around the house, we decided to give the dogs a treat, and all of a sudden, the one dog, when we went to give the second dog a treat, it attacked the second dog. And right in front of the owners, right in front of us, and we're just, I'm looking at the owners like I thought there wasn't going to be a problem. Oh, once in a while, they'll get upset over treats. Well, then I, I can't be giving them treats. <laughs> so, I mean, it's certain things like that, you kind of, you just let us know about it. People yelling at us because the dog's pottied in their yard. I mean, whether it's my dogs, I'm walking a client's dog. When a dog's got to go, they got to go. I mean, just like us, if we're out, you know, strolling grocery shopping, you know, at the store or something like that, when you when it they're itching and you got to go, you're running to the restroom. I can't, these animals don't understand. I can't say, oh, no, you know, you can't go in that yard. You can't go in that When they got to go, they got to go. You can't go in that yard. You got to go to the neighbor's yard. You got to... I can't stand when people, I'm out here, it's, there's laws out here, it's illegal for me not to pick up the poop, there's fines associated with it, I've got my bag handy, I'm picking up the poop, you see me doing it, you're looking out your window, but you're banging on your window, you're screaming and yelling at me, because the dog pooped in your yard, and I'm cleaning it up, a lot of times I just want to say what, you know, people, do you want me to just leave it here, do you want it, fertil is it fertilizer for you, do you not want me cleaning this up? And it, it just kind of gets a little irritating because I'm doing what's responsible. I can't help where this pet decides to go. And do you even realize that all the stray animals that are going to the bathroom in your yard, there's deer, there's raccoons, there's rabbits. They're all going to the bathroom in your yard, and they're not picking up their stuff. You're not banging on the windows, screaming and yelling at them. And you kind of have to consider, especially, you know, a pet sitter or a dog walker, it's our job. We're picking up poop all day. You, do you want me to leave it all on your front porch? I, I don't know what you want me to do. And you're screaming and yelling at me like I have some, you know, automatic control over this. I'm cleaning it up. Um, I'm doing the best that I can. When they got to go, they got to go. 
So people just stop. Stop screaming and yelling at us when we're being responsible and we're cleaning up. Your yard, in all honesty, is not that important. And you have many other things, you know, going to the bathroom in your yard that you don't need to be screaming at me. I'm just trying to do my job. I'm getting this dog handled and I don't need somebody screaming, banging at windows, yelling at me or anything like that. It's just, it's just very, you know, inconsiderate. When people don't follow proper medication protocols. I mean, your vet's telling you what needs to be done. You need to be doing it. It's for the health and safety of your pets. I, I can't stand when people contact me and are like fudging things around or not medicating their pet properly, but then wondering why their pet's not getting better or what the problem is and what's going on. I had a potential client contact me that she wanted me to take care of her cats. And she mentioned that her cat was on a medication. It was a thyroid medication. Thyroid medications are given, you know, usually about 12 hours apart, but they're given twice a day. Well, they were going away for a short weekend, and they felt, you know, it wasn't necessary for the cat to get it twice a day, and so they just wanted me to come and give it in the morning. That's unacceptable. I know for a fact that it's supposed to be twice a day, and I talked to this person. I said, you know, no, it's, it's a liability for me to not follow the procedures for the proper medication protocols, because... God forbid if something happens to your pet because they're not medicated properly. They, you know, the thyroid deals with a lot. If their levels are going off from that because of just a couple of days that they're not getting the proper medication, it can be extremely harmful for your pet. And then I'm helping to cause that. And then your pet's going to have an emergency on my clock and you're not going to understand why. So following the proper, you know, medication protocols, you know, in thyroids, you know, it's got to be given twice a day. Sometimes, you know, people will other medications or insulin or something like that, you know, oh, well, we give it at this time, but you can do it at this time. There are proper protocols. There are reasons that this is being done in the method that it's being done. And you need to get the proper dosage for your pet. Your pet's, your pet's life and safety, you know, requires it. So make sure that your pet sitter knows this kind of stuff, you know, and don't, don't, you know, follow the protocols. That's, just follow the protocols for it. When people or clients, you know, anybody asks for advice from a pet sitter or, you know, a pet professional, but then they don't take it. Like sometimes that can get really irritating because, you know, if, if we're able to offer the advice, we will. And we will try to help you in any way possible. But then to come back to the same question again and again and again, it just gets tiring. Why, why are we wasting our time talking to you if you're not going to pay attention or listen to it? If you really don't want to listen to it, don't ask us for it. But, you know, I have people who, you know, my dog's having, you know, this type of problem. I have, a, I have an owner who... Uh, the dog is still a little younger, and uh, if they leave it alone for two long periods of time, it gets into stuff, and it's eating this, it's eating that. Okay, your solution is to put the pet in a crate. Put the dog in the crate. It's the safest thing. Your dog's going to choke on something. He's going to eat something he's not, you know, supposed to, and he's going to end up with a medical emergency. Put him in the crate. Put him in the crate. Then they feel bad about it. You know, we go through training with the crate, put the dog in the crate. The dog's fine in the crate. It's the safest thing. It's better than a surgery. It's better than losing your pet because of something. Then, you know, a couple weeks later, I'm back at the house. The dog ate this. Well, did you crate the dog? No, we decided not to. Okay, then I kind of don't, <laughs> I don't have the energy to hear, 
that you did not follow through with what you were told to do and you asked for the advice about it, what you could do, and then you decided not to. Oh, my dog has, you know, diarrhea. Okay, I can tell you a couple things. Try these, but talk to your vet. Go to your vet. Couple days later, dog still has diarrhea. Did you call your vet? Did you do this? Did you do that? Nope. Okay. Then why do I keep saying it and why do I keep talking to you and you keep asking me for the advice when apparently you don't want to follow the advice? Sometimes we have people that take advantage of, you know, the free services that we offer as being, you know, pet professionals. That, you know, we bring in the mail or we water plants. Then all of a sudden it's a botanical garden in your backyard and it takes like two hours to water the plants. Or you decided right before you left for your trip, you're going to go on a shopping spree on Amazon. And I'm bringing in like a thousand different packages. And I'm loading those into the house, trying to find where to put them, making sure the dogs don't get into it. I mean, sometimes people, we're, we're all about trying to help everybody out. And we want to do things to help you. But sometimes people will take advantage of, you know, our kindness and the different services that we offer. It drives me nuts when people do not read our contract for services. Um, I have people that, you know, I give it to them. Some of us have, you know, it online, which mine is. Some people have a handwritten. A lot of our owners just go ahead and sign it, you know, trust it and just don't pay attention to it until they need to, until they're like, oh, why was I charged for this? Well, you sign the contract, extra charges for last-minute visits, it's in there. Oh, there's a charge for this, and it's in the contract. You didn't read the contract. Oh, the contract says we don't use these kind of materials. The contract says this. The contract says that. You signed it. Please, people, read the contract. Read the contract, and, you know, then you're arguing with us, and why is this, why is that? And then we're taking time away from, you know, ourselves, taking time away from other pet parents to explain something to you that you signed and you should have looked over and you should have read to know what the heck is going on. Read our contracts. There's a lot of good stuff in there just to make sure that you know your pet is being well taken care of and that we're doing what we're supposed to do and everybody's on the same page with communication and the proper care that you want for your pets. When people come back and complain that they want a discount or complaining that services for a pet sitter is way too expensive. Oh my gosh, the one thing you can you should never ever 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 do is say to an, a professional pet sitter or anybody, oh the neighbor or the kid down the street, they can do it cheaper. Okay, now you've just offended me because I, I do this for a living. This puts food on my table. I'm putting gas into this. I've paid for my education. I'm paying for insurance. I pay taxes on coming to your house to take care of your pet. I'm taking time away from my own family. And it's very offensive when somebody says, oh, well, somebody else can do it cheaper. Or the neighbor person who is not a professional. And then you're going to come crawling back and saying, oh, well, this incident happened. And the neighbor kid just forgot to come and take care of my pet. Or they didn't show up, but they took the money and yada, yada, yada. Okay, well, I was too expensive for you. We don't just pull these numbers out of the air. I mean, we do have, you know, cost of living. We're driving. We're getting to your house. We're dealing with a lot to come and help you take care, take care of your pet for you and make sure they're one of our own. And we're doing everything in a legal way. And we're keeping up with the laws. We're keeping up with everything. And to say that, you know, we deserve it, you should deserve a discount my time is, you know, I have other clients who are more than willing and impressed with my services that they, they 
don't complain about that kind of stuff. I mean, if we could, we would, but we're making a living here too. So to come about, you know, price or it's too expensive or you can get somebody cheaper, just keep in mind, when you get somebody cheaper, you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. When you have a pet sitter um, that all of a sudden, you know, you, you weren't able to do the job or they're kindly helping you out and uh, you ask them to, you know, help take care of one of your clients and you express to them, you know, what's going on. You've known this pet forever. You're putting their good name out there. You're hoping they can help you out. And you give them directions on what to do. And then all of a sudden they can't communicate anything with you, talk to you about it, and they just do their own thing. I mean, I worked with, you know, another pet sitting company and I asked them to, you know, they had availability and I asked them to help me out with one of my clients. One thing I stressed and I said, hey, please, whatever you do, do not let this, it's a, it's a young puppy, do not let him be greeting people on the walk. I know this neighborhood, don't let him greet people on the walk. Oh, I don't do that, I don't do that. Got no communication. Next thing I know, the owners come home, their dog's running up to pulling them, yanking them, chasing people down the street, wanting to go and greet everybody because this pet sitter did not listen to instructions. Dog ended up running into um, an aggressive dog because of this. You just caused more problems. Do what you say you're going to do. Don't say that you're going to help somebody when you're not equipped to do it. So these are just some of the things that just make me barking mad and just drive me nuts um, in the pet world. So I'm sure everybody has some of their own. I'd love to see, you know, everybody leave me back a comment, write me a comment, let me know what your thoughts are and what are some of the things that kind of drive you barking mad. And we hope, I'm glad you turned in and I hope to see you next time.